the Wingsteen. Hey! Hey, it's the Media Boat Podcast. Oh, you found us, people. You found us. It is Wednesday, 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, which means it's time for the Media Boat Podcast, your source for news about movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. Today I think you did that on Wednesday. purpose. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Uh, today is Wednesday, April the 4th. And before 2018, this is episode number 117. My name is Matt, his name is Mike. Hi, I'm Mike, he's Matt. It's baseball season, everyone. Angels Stab are it back. It is baseball season everywhere. Hockey is any... But we'll get to that later. We will. Be sure. Oh, will. We're but we about, start yes. the show like we always start the show with movies and the weekend box office numbers. Oh, this one was easy to call because yeah. there's only one big movie coming out. And when Steven Spielberg makes a movie, you can't... A movie... Okay. When he makes yeah. a movie of this caliber, okay. when he makes a movie of this caliber, big blockbuster type... Yeah, I kind of want to get out of the way. To be fair, it's been a while since that has been It's been a while. No, it's been a while since that's been the case. It's been a while. Yes. Uh, We've had kind of a a Darth of um, uh, Spielberg blockbusters. Dude, Darth Spielberg's a good name. (laughs) Darth Spielberg. I like that. Uh, I mean, for example, the BFG failed to perform. Um, So this is his kind of return. What we're talking about, of course... Uh, to stop getting ahead of ourselves is Ready Player One. Yes, I was. Which was your new uh, release this week? Which yes, we were. Shot up to number one with forty-one million dollars as its debut. Well, that's the weekend because it premiered on Thursday. Yeah, we're just talking about weekend numbers. Here. Yes. But yeah, it did get a little bit of an early early start, bringing its grand total right now currently to fifty-three million dollars domestic. That's not. Too bad. I mean, it's number yeah. one, so it's going to run all those number one promos. It's yeah. also not that bad, um, considering what it is. But it is bad, and then you look at the overall numbers, considering this thing probably cost around $152 million Yeah. to make. It's going to be a minute until it makes up its money. It's going to need that global box office. Let's just put it that way. It needs China real bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was your number one movie. Uh, you'll be talking about that in a minute. But in a hot second. Let's talk about the rest of our top five before we move on. Uh, number two is your other debut this week, Tyler Perry's Acrimony. Yes. Debuted to $17 million. Yes, the Taraji P. Henson, I'm Gonna Kill a Bitch. I think uh, that's what it's about. I have no idea what it's about. I don't about. know. Tyler Perry. It might be Acrimony. <laughs> uh, number three, drop it at number three. I, I'll do that because the posters say, Hell Hath No Fury. And Strasby Henson sitting in a chair. Like, so, like, not a chair, a throne. It's like a grand throne. So, so you're putting one and one together. Yes, one, one and one make a P. Taraji. A P. Taraji P. Yes. Uh, sorry, yes. Yeah, well, we'll as, talk about her later, too. <laughs> as I was saying, uh, Black Panther is your number three uh, with another $11 million to its grand total of $650 million. <laughs> yeah, it, it passed. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it passed Frozen worldwide. Damn. <laughs> when you're beating Frozen. And then it also passed Jurassic World domestically. Which was a record at yeah. the time, wasn't it? Yep. So, damn. Um, also, in your top five, number four is I Can Only Imagine. Still 
Somehow in your top five. It was Easter weekend. I It's going to drop like a rock after this. We'll see. With another $10 million. Yeah. And then last but not least at number five, Pacific Rim Uprising. Hanging in there with another $9 million. Yeah, but that's a sharp drop from it being number one yeah. to number five. Ugh. And unfortunate. What you gonna do? Especially up against another action movie. Yeah. It was inevitable. They knew that when they scheduled it. Oh, yeah. This was gonna be the week it dropped. Alright. That's your top five. Uh, this weekend, here's your coming soon movies to look forward to. You have Blockers, the K-canon of uh, Pitch Perfect fame, written and directed. Um... A movie about... Uh, John Cena not letting his daughter have sex. Yeah, high school cock blockers. That was the original name of the film, by the way. Cock blockers. Yes, but they changed it to... They had to change Rooster. It. All the promos have rooster blockers. Yeah. But when you blockers. put it in text form, it's just blockers. Blockers. Um, also, Chappaquiddick. Can you tell me what Chappaquiddick is? Yes, that is the city that is in... Fancy New England town. Okay. What about the movie Chappaquiddick? Oh, Chappaquiddick <laughs> is actually based on that town. Okay. Where, um, I want to it was a, Ted Kennedy? Yes, it's about Ted Kennedy and how he killed some lady. And then Whoa. everyone's covering it up. Okay. That's quite a, quite a thing. Or did he kill her? That's the question. I think the film may help uh, answer that question. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Ted Kennedy too. I don't or, know. or Ted Kennedy also. I'm not Ted Kennedy too. 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 That loses their star player due to, let's just say, drunk driving. Because I sure. rarely, I regularly remember looking it up. Uh, so, star volleyball player dies. And so, team of misfits must rally together around new captain to win state championship uh, for their captain. Who passed. Who's dead. Who helped them win it last year. And the only way they can, like feel good about themselves if they win the whole thing. Cool. That's a miracle season. That's a miracle season. I think it starts Helen Hunt. I think you're right. And then lastly, this weekend, A Quiet Place. Shh. We don't talk about this. Well, no. Because you die, apparently, if you yes. do. Uh, so yeah, my coworkers have been talking this thing up. They're super jazzed to see this. Yes. This weekend. It's a silent film. Uh, starring Amer- Hollywood's lovely couple, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. And apparently, yes, they are together. Apparently, it's also written by John Krasinski. I'll, I'll one-up you on that. It's also directed by it's him. It's his <laughs> brainchild. He's Jordan peeling this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good for him, I guess. I didn't know he was it's into this. It's gotten good thing. buzz. I think it 100% has. on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah. Expect this one to be your number one film. Because really? it got a lot of hype. Following that Super Bowl ad. So, yeah. People are looking forward to this. Alright, cool. So those are your new releases. Let's talk about, then, the movie you saw. You saw Ready Player One. Let's talk about the other one first. 
What other movie did you see? I saw Isle of Dogs. Oh, oh Dogs. That's now, the new Wes what? Anderson stop motion um, in the vein of Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is the last time he did this. Yes. So how he is Isle of Dogs. Isla Fisher of Dogs. Is Isla Fisher in it? A trash Island of Dogs is... You're not going to answer me? Isla Fisher? No, she's not. Oh. No. Sorry. Uh, now I want to see. Yes. So, yeah, anyway, Isle of Dogs. Yes, Trash Island of Dogs. Trash Island. Trash Island of Dogs is uh, <laughs> a Japanese island. appropriation of, <laughs> of stop-motion animation whilst having a subtle cats versus dogs undertone lines and yet still being a Wes Anderson film. So, the way it looked like in the trailers is the most Wes Anderson thing that has ever Wes Anderson Yeah. Is that kind of what you're getting here? That's kind of what I'm getting at here. Yeah. It's very Wes Anderson-like. I mean, all the simple tropes are in this. There's flashbacks, there's love interest, uh, there's people randomly running away, uh, people staring at paintings, uh, quick pans, it's, everything is centered for some reason. Uh, yeah, very Wes Anderson. People talk softly, or dogs talk softly. Uh-huh. Uh, Brian is great as a dog. Okay. Or maybe I just like his voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a well done film. Uh, if you like Wes Anderson, you're gonna enjoy it. If you don't, you're gonna be super confused by it. Cause it's very like fast paced in his style. So yeah, just by saying it's a Wes Anderson film, you're gonna know if you're gonna like it or not. Yeah. I mean, just judging by the trailers, you should be able to see that trailer and be like, I am on board with this movie. Or, oh god, I don't want to touch that thing. Basically. <laughs> I mean, there's, like, there was, I feel like there was supposed to be a bigger underlining Cats vs. Dogs tone that they kind of hit at consistently throughout the film, but then go completely away from it. Or, yeah. or not completely away from it. There's never fully attached to that idea. Is this a family film? Yes, because it's about a boy and his dog. No, I mean, is it a family film? Not, like, plot-wise. I mean, uh, like, content-wise, is this, like, take your family to see it? Or is this not a kid's thing? It's a kid's thing in terms of the genre and the type of film it's making, yet I don't think your kid would fully understand what's going on. Okay, so it's not, like, necessarily content a kid can't see. You're just thinking that a kid won't be able to sit through it. Oh, sure, let's go put it that way. Uh, uh, what's up, dudes? Angel, hey. Angels won three two, and the hey. Dodgers are three zero. Dodgers lost three zero. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a film that wouldn't hurt a child to see. It's just that <laughs> without having a Wes Anderson film background or at least knowledge of his style, you might be confused. You may be confused, and you may like lose yourself halfway through. But it's definitely not going to harm anyone. All right, so on the patented media boat scale, what will you give Isle of Dogs? Uh, for general audience, stream it. General audience. General audience, you gotta stream it. It's yeah. one of these films like, you know you're gonna go in liking it, or you're just gonna be like, yep. why did I see this film again? Yeah, so if this was already on your agenda, probably go see it if this was something not oh, on yeah. the radar. Oh, yeah, if, you're, if you plan on seeing this thing, you're not gonna be disappointed. Okay. There's nothing really bad to say about it, it's just that Wes Anderson doesn't make a film for the mass audiences. Fair enough. Yeah, Gan does his own thing. Uh, however, what is very mass audience is the other thing you saw. Yes, mass audience because it is super populated with 
plenty of references and culture appropriation and pop culture and just like very 80s. All right, tell me, did you like it? Did you like Ready Player One? I hated the book. But that's not what I asked. I know, but I have to, I have to pre- preface all this. Uh-huh. But I hated the book so much. Yeah, I hear, I hear the book sucks. The book sucks <laughs> on several fronts because, yeah. one, the, the main character has an explicit knowledge of 80s movies where he's able to recreate it. <laughs> Two, he's super good at video games. And by that, I mean he is a... He completed, in the book, he completed a perfect game of Pac-Man. Uh, not only that, but he has a severe knowledge of everything this guy ever did, said, and done. Like, off the top of his memory, which is like, no. <laughs> and also, just to put this in context, the film takes place, or the movie, the book, movie, film, that universe, takes place in 19, or sorry, 2040s? The 2040s? Talking about culture that happened in the 80s. <laughs> So you're talking about a 60-year gap. To put that in perspective, that's as if someone today was trying to find Easter eggs based off someone in the 70s? In the 70s. Like, being totally immersed in the 70s culture and then, like, finding Easter eggs appropriated to that era. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. So basically being like, where is the Fonz? Basically, it's (laughs) it's ultimate fan fiction written for fans. Like, even the main, uh, like, love interest girl is, like, written as, like, a fanfic love interest Ugh. type of way. Yeah, I've heard it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's it's very much an all, like, an omnipotent main character who is too good at everything, who doesn't really change. Yeah. And the way it's written is very, like, not just... Oh, there's a DeLorean. It is. No, here is the DeLorean from the 1985 film, Back to the Future. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. It's very like, get it? We're making a reference right now. Aren't I so cool that I know all these references? Yeah. However, to kind of segue into what you're going to talk about, which is the movie, thankfully, from what I heard, the movie does not do this. Yes. Thankfully, Spielberg Spielberg knows how to not only make a good story. He knows better. He knows knows not to... (laughs) ham-fist these things oh, yeah. into people, into the audience. He knows that the audience is smarter than that. Oh, yeah. And he definitely plays into that. Uh, it's definitely a whole lot better than the book. Okay. I really enjoyed this film. Alright. Um, however, I do feel like it was directed by two different people. It might have been. Because, <laughs> because, like, halfway through it, with all the CGI face going on, I was like, this feels more like Robert Zemeckis going on here. <laughs> I mean, they are buddies. I know they are buddies. So, but yeah, it does seem like in an alternate universe, Zemeckis would have directed this. I f- yes, I do feel like, like that. But then again, I feel like if he did do that, it would be entirely animated. Maybe. Whereas this is live action, and then that that weird hybrid yeah. animation. Yeah. So weird hybrid animation may throw you off because they are like avatars from like, but it's mocap. Not so. avatar. Yeah, not Avatar. Not but, James but Cameron Avatar. Avatar is like yes. the, the web presence yeah. way. Mm-hmm. The guy likes Back to the Future, so basically he's me. Yeah. <laughs> basically. I mean, not, not too far off. <laughs> not too far off, but I feel like you could write a better story than Ready Player One. Though. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't <laughs> be able to make a better movie than what Steven Spielberg did. Well, yeah, but anyway, so Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. The film is great. It's chock full of references and 80s culture. Yeah. Um, if you're going in expecting what the book is like, 
probably be disappointed. But then again, it does everything the book sets up to be a whole lot better. So, okay. Because no one wants to sit through a D&D campaign. No one wants to sit through <laughs> a replay of War Games, which is very obscure. Yeah. It said, no one remembers War Games. Yeah. Well, we're going to see it tomorrow, so I won't spoil me. it. Own spoil. Yeah, uh, I was gonna actually it. say. So I'm gonna see this thing tomorrow. I have zero interest in what this thing is trying to do. So I guess my question for you, and I don't know how much I should ask. My question is, how much of it is about look at all these references, and how much of it is a story that actually you care about, characters you care about? Like, am I going to be invested enough where I won't be bugged by, okay, I get it, that's Tracer from Overwatch. Okay, I get it, that's the Iron Giant. Like, is there gonna is that all this is, or is there something I can hang on to? Funny enough, you could probably take all the references out of this, and it would still be a decent movie. Okay, good. Because that's my main worry. Yes, because that's even... one thing the book did, is that it relied heavily on, right. like, nostalgia, whereas this... Doesn't and I understand from stuff I've read and stuff you've said and stuff people I know have said that it does a better job of not doing that. But yes. that being said, I've also read some reviews that are very like this is still kind of a a device to deliver you nostalgia. Yeah, and it does that, yeah. but it doesn't do it where it's like front and center in your face okay. as much. I mean, there are, there are there are spots where it's like. Here, we're just going to totally do this thing. And like, hey, you guys remember this? You all yeah. like this, right? There, there are those parts, but those parts don't necessarily involve the, the, the plot and the bulk of the film. Yeah. They're mainly like throwaway cameos or yeah. like side stuff. I just don't, I guess my worry is I don't want it to get too family guy. Where it's like, hey, the joke is it's this thing that you remember. No. Okay. It doesn't get too far into that. Alright. It does like... Like the like in terms of like the the a plot, it does poke at it and reference it, but it doesn't delve too far in onto that path. And for the most part, all the nostalgia stuff is pretty much kept to the side while keeping the main plot intact. Okay, I think you might enjoy it actually. I mean, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out tomorrow. So, yeah, we're gonna see it, see it uh, tomorrow. Uh, he'll see it for the second time. So yeah, we'll have some things. We'll have some more things to say next week. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Um, it definitely shows why Spielberg can um, direct the blockbusters because yeah. it just all looks super easy and well done. I say super easy, but like a lot of work goes into all this stuff, <laughs> and it's just very um, uh, put it. Uh, it's just all the action sequences are very easy to follow. Okay, good. And you never feel like anything is left out or like, oh, wait, how'd this happen? It's no oh, Transformers good. style, oh my god, what the hell just happened? Yeah. It may come to that, like, in little places where they have to, um, like, solve the clues and solve the riddles. Uh-huh. But they go over it so fast that you're like, oh, well, I get it. They thought it was this, but then no, it turned out to be this. Or, or like, oh, it's actually this part to this. So they do a good job of that, and they do a good job explaining everything that happens. Okay. And I think it was just in part of Spielberg getting his hands on this thing and stripping all the everything from the books to its bare bones and yeah. understanding what it is they're trying to accomplish. Okay, cool. So on the patented media about scale, oh, go see it. This? Oh, go see it. Is it see it? Yeah, you're not gonna be disappointed. With, uh, you're not. I mean, you're gonna enjoy spending your money to see this. It's a fun film to watch. Just it's a uh, it's good. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. I mean, uh, maybe, like, 
Somewhere down the line, I feel like this is going to be, like, people's favorite films. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll figure that out later in the year. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Alright, so that's Ready Player One. Moving on, Ready Player One, our first story. Yes! In movie news is about the film. Specifically about kind of some behind-the-scenes stuff about how they got all the clearance to use all those characters and references that they got. Yeah, so uh, when it comes to making a film like this, there are a lot of IPs to consider. So, yeah. Uh, IPs intellectual property. When you reference something, you usually have to clear it, especially if it's a real company. So real companies own these characters that are being referenced. The Warner had to go to the do these companies and be like, hey, is it all right if we use so-and-so in our movie? So, uh, it was probably a nightmare, as you might have guessed. And sure enough, it was, yeah. because Ready Player One is so made up of these cameos that there was a lot to clear. But thankfully, you had the power of literally Steven Spielberg, arguably the most powerful man in Hollywood, uh, director, director, director wise, yeah, uh, to uh, kind of, you know, pull some strings as as he can. He only he can do. Yeah. So he was working with uh, Christy Makoso Krieger, uh, who is, I guess, on the team for this purpose. Yeah, uh, one of his produ- longtime producers. Yeah. Uh, started the process long before they started filming to make sure that they were able to clear everything on their wish list. So it said, uh, apparently they got like 80% of what they wanted. Yeah, there's some stuff on there that they wanted to include, uh, mainly from Blade Runner. Yeah, they couldn't get Blade Runner. That's owned by Alcon Entertainment. Yeah, even though Warner Brothers distributed Blade Runner. They don't own the IP. Yeah. The fun reason that they didn't uh, want want it in the film is because they had Blade Runner 2029 coming out. Uh Uh-huh. And even though... Well, this film was originally... 2049. You said 2029. Uh, 2049. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, because originally Player One was supposed to come out in December. Right. But they got pushed back to they March. They would have been contemporary movies. They didn't want confusion. Right. That's yeah. basically how it was. Yeah. That's fair. And then also notable you have down here that uh, they couldn't get uh, Ultraman, the uh, Japanese uh, superhero character. Yeah. Uh, Ultraman in the book plays a big part in the end game. Okay. But, yeah. So they... They had to switch out with uh, Iron, Giant. Iron Giant, which they used prominently in all their ads. Because yeah, it's a Warner Brothers pro- Warner Brothers property. That's that they also own. why, yeah. Uh, but also because it's nostalgic to a generation after the book of Ready Player One. There's a lot of people my age that are very sentimental when it comes to the Iron Giant, yep. uh, myself included. I love that movie. That's yep. a great movie. Um, so that's yep. a good grab, I think. Yeah, Brad Bird. Uh, so yeah, the other thing here is that, uh, about superheroes specifically, uh, as you know, uh, Warner Brothers does own DC, so they were able to freely use the DC characters. Yes. Batman and Superman. At one point they do specifically reference Batman. But surprisingly, the surprising part here, they were able to get Marvel characters, even though they're owned by Disney. Yeah, uh, in the big like battle scene at the very end, you can see several Marvel characters, uh, Spider-Man, Captain America, cool. Iron Man, in the film. You know, it's meant for like maybe two or three frames, Yeah, quick, quick glance, but the fact that they're in there means they still had to get cleared. Yeah, it's cool that they got, uh, that they got those. Uh, it's cool that Disney's playing ball. Yeah, uh, or, or Marvel's playing ball, rather. Well, yeah. well Marvel's owned by Disney, but yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, crazy, but they made it happen, and uh, it sounds uh, like the movie... Uh, I think the movie's all the better uh, for it. it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Alright, moving on to our next story. Some uh, Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought that story would be bigger. Yeah. But you know, when Steven Spielberg comes calling, you rarely yeah. say no. He's the guy. He's can pull some strings for yeah. sure. So let's move on. So let's move on to a new format that you might someday see Ready Player One on. Uh, Samsung is developing the world's world's first 3D cinema LED screen. Not developing, theater. developed. Has made. And uh, that debuted in Switzerland. Unlike standard 3D cinema, as you know it today, uh, with your real 3D glasses and yes. it all, the LED screen pro- provides consistent picture quality across an entire theater, ensuring a uniform, immersive viewing experience. I'm sounding like an advertiser. You are sorry, like an ad. <laughs> for every seat. Um, yes, I, I read the copy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is projection-based... Uh, uh, this is better than your projection-based uh, technology. Oh, come on, read what I wrote. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to summarize. I know. And uh, a more digital experience. Uh, these LED screens have been successfully installed so far in Seoul, Busan, and Shanghai. Uh, but so far only for 2D experiences and will be transferred, I'm guessing, into 3D. Yes. So, translate a little for me. Uh, is this glassesless? No, no, you still need glasses. Okay. However, because they're LED based, the picture is brighter right. and it's not being bounced off a screen. Got it. This is a as screen. This is an LED screen as opposed yes. to projection. Correct. They're trying to get rid. This is Samsung's way of getting rid of standard projection, which <laughs> we've, which we've already moved away from from film projection to right. digital projection. But this is a way of just getting so, rid of the projection with altogether. This sounds prohibitively expensive. Oh, it is. That's the, the whole reason why they haven't done screens like this in the past, right? Is because they're, it's way cheaper just to do projection. Oh, an LED wall yeah. is only used in, like, concert settings. It's insane. But as technology grows and as things get cheap, progressively cheaper, you know, things get upgraded, and this is one of them. I guess that's true. So we'll see if this goes wider than right now. It's limited... Uh, kind of Asian uh, country. Uh, well, Samsung, South Korea. Yeah, uh, coverage here. Maybe someday we'll see one here. Eventually. Uh, I mean, yeah, because it is a digital thing, I could definitely see AMC. Maybe. Adapting this thing, or even like, even like IMAX screens. Even yeah. though IMAX is still like film, digital, film, like 70 millimeter film. Oh, which... Uh, by the way, uh, Ready Player One will be getting a 70 millimeter IMAX release. Oh, there you go. So yeah, it's I could see it coming to the U.S. and but I could also see it like taking a while, several years. Yeah, it's gonna be a bit. Yeah. Uh, a director who may take advantage someday of a screen technology like this is recent Oscar winner Guillermo del Toro. Oh, what is GDT? What's he up to? Well, Fox Searchlight has made a deal with him for his next several films. They get first look on any live-action films that Del Toro writes, produces, or directs under a new film label. So Fox Searchlight will finance, market, and distribute all his films. The first picture under this deal is already on its way, uh, titled Antlers. So far, it has Scott Cooper directing a story about an elementary school teacher who takes in a troubled student that harbors a mysterious family secret with deadly consequences. Sounds like a horror film. Sounds like all up their alleys there, so cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, Del Toro's producing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he, I don't think he wrote it, because it's based off a short story by someone else. Okay. But yeah, production credit there. But yeah, I mean, the fact that he's 
like for years has struggled to get financing for any of his films. Now he doesn't worry about it. Now, now he's set for. Uh, I mean, what I read didn't say how many films, but, but yeah. I guess while he's still in partnership with yeah. them. But so hey, until he hits a flop. This is way. this is the core difference to me that the Oscars has over a lot of other award shows. Yeah. Because it still means something if you win Best Picture. Right. This is the example of what it means. Right. Last week we were Finance. talking last week we were talking about Cannes Film Festival and yeah. how they weren't letting Netflix can. can. <laughs> the Cannes Film Festival. How they weren't letting Netflix or streaming services compete because they try and mean something. Yeah. They really don't mean a whole lot outside of yeah. niche film. At least in comparison to something people. like this, which you can see the returns. Yes. I mean, hell, you saw it with the, uh, the, the producer of La La Land. You got to make The Greatest Showman. Right. You know, it's like this stuff matters. Right. And even people went to go see um, uh, The Shape of Water after it was released in theater. Yeah. We did that story about how people were seeing it because they had movie pass. And then it got that shot. Right. We got a, such a high number because, arguably, from all those movie fast people. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, make a hit film, get financed for the rest of your life. Turns out, uh, but what <laughs> won't win an Oscar and get financed uh, for future projects? Harvey Weinstein. The next film. Well, that too. Oh. Uh, but the next <laughs> film, What Men Want. Does this sound familiar to you? It sounds like What Women Want. Well, it's funny that you say that because it is. A remake of sorts with a gender swap. So What Men Want is a uh, based on What Women Want, the 2000 rom-com starring uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, yeah, but this a... time... <laughs> oh, not. This time, uh, it will be a film starring Taraji P. Henson, the aforementioned Taraji P. Henson. Hey. Uh, directed by Adam Shankman. Uh, Taraji P. Henson will play the lead role with Tracy Morgan and Aldous Hodge set to join. Yes, uh... Aldous Hodge and Taraji B. Henson played opposite one another in Hidden Figures. Ahem. So Henson plays a sports agent who has been constantly boxed out by her male colleagues. But when she gains the power to hear men's thoughts, she's able to shift the paradigm to her advantage as she races to sign the next NBA superstar. So it's slated to open January 11th, 2019. Yep, January release, so which means it's going to get underway shortly. And then uh, edited and shipped. That is a solid, yeah. solid concept. That's a solid premise, too. Yeah, I, I like it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that'll be good. I, I, I like to see, like, Jer- this is Jerry Maguire-esque written all over it. <laughs> yeah, a little, uh, bit, little bit. Little, so hopefully it's good. Uh, I like to see more sports movies in, in theaters. Yeah. Just because I'm, I'm big, you know, because, big sports guy. Yeah, also, I like to see Alex Hodge in more things. He's yeah. a good actor. I like him yeah. and stuff. Alrighty, that's it for TV news. Oh yeah, we're done. So we get to move on to television, which of course starts with sports. Baseball! Well, before we get to baseball, we have to wrap up NCAA basketball. The oh, final four... March Madness. ...has happened. March Madness is over. We are done being mad. Grr. Well, we were well, done being mad a while ago with our Pixar brackets. Well, I mean, some people are still mad. Which you can listen on our <laughs> website. Uh, but who isn't mad... Is Villanova who uh, won no, again? Nova Nation. Nova Nation destroying Michigan. Yeah, and uh, yeah, kind of a game that we kind of glazed over because we were just like, "Yeah, this is happening." Well, like like we like I mentioned last week, uh, Nova was basically running over everyone in this competition, winning by double digit points. Yeah. So going into this thing, they won the the final four. 
by or yeah, their game against Kansas uh, by double digits, and they won the final game by double digits. Cinderella team, um, ba- not Baylor, uh, Chicago, uh, Lo- Loyola, Chicago, did it. Yeah. Could, yeah. Couldn't hold their own. Couldn't do it. No. But hey, I mean, they made it to the Final Four, which is great for that school. Right. So, yeah. Meanwhile, in the women's tournament, uh, Notre Dame took it. Yeah, in a last-second shot. Literally, when it hit, they had, and everyone was, like, celebrating, they had to bring people back on because they just, the referees determined that there was 0.1 seconds left on the clock, which you can't do anything with. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that's a great ending shot. I uh, expect that to be listed for uh, one of the plays, plays of the year. Yeah, plays of the year. There you go. Um, uh, before we talk about... Oh. Also, uh, real briefly, uh. girlfriend picked Nova to win it all. Yeah. Her and one other person in our pool, I picked Tennessee, which lost by one shot yeah. to the Chicago Loyal Chicago people. Well, there you go. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, uh, she ended up winning the whole $19 prize. Woo! 19 bucks. Yep. That'll Give yourself you, a nice steak. I'll say, that'll, that'll get you two Starbucks coffees. That too. Well, no, more, <laughs> more like three. Yeah. Uh... So, yeah, the other sport uh, that's about to wrap up is NHL hockey. Yes, there are roughly two to three games left. The season ends on Saturday, and for my Kings, they're in a tight race with Los Angeles the Kings. Ducks. Yeah, they're in a tight race with the Ducks right now in the West, uh, or Pacific Division, not the West. Uh so I'm gonna be paying close attention to the last <laughs> couple games here. Yeah. More than I mean, I've been paying more attention in the past like month or so, because we're we're winding down. Mm. But yeah, hockey's coming to an end. We're gonna need to play two months of playoff hockey coming up here, and hopefully my Kings are gonna be in it. You can only hope. Oh, I yes. There's a lot of hope going on. And then, uh, lastly, in sports, we of course have to talk about baseball starting. Yes. So, Baseball started last Thursday, as we mentioned, and how was the opening week? It was good. Good, yeah, yeah good. Baseball's being played. Uh, Shohei Otani premiered yeah. for the Angels, and one already got a win. Sweet. Uh, because after he gave up a home run in the first inning, he went on to strike out eleven of the next eighteen batters he faced. <laughs> Not <laughs> or, bad. Or eleven of the next fifteen batters. Not and then, and then in his very first home run at Angel Stadium, he hit a home run. I'm oh, sorry, very first at bat, he hit a home run. Nice. Yeah. Goes to show you. Yeah, and then he ended up going three for four that game. Uh, for the record, Ducks Wild is tied one one. Oh, yes, okay. I'm, I'm rooting for the the Ducks to lose, and for the Wild to win because we play the Wild tomorrow. There you go. If you want to see us play. Uh, some some Shotani, some Angels baseball. Yes. You can see uh, we've been streaming uh, on and off on twitch.tv slash media about some MLB The Show 18. We'll probably do probably one more stream of that uh, before we probably turn in and get a new video game. Yeah. But uh, for now, yeah, we'll be playing some baseball uh, for a little bit here. Yeah. So We're going to fast forward in. through an Angels season, trying to uh, make some playoffs. If you yeah. Can. And then, yeah, try and win the World Series. Uh, we recently took Shotani the distance, all nine innings. Yeah. Uh, got down to two, with one out left, and gave up a hit. Yeah. Uh, that was frustrating. Yeah, and then kind of the game fell up, like, fell after that. Yeah. But well, no, first, he hit, first, he hit, first I hit a batter. Right. And then <laughs> I got a hit 
base hit, yes. and then I yeah. ended up letting a run score. It's like, all right, whatever. We've but won. hey, I went eight shutout innings, striking out like 14 batters or something. Yeah. It was great. I mean, we'll talk more about the game yeah. at the end uh, when we get to video games, but yeah, yeah. It, it's good. Uh, oh, if you want to see us play Otani. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and very last thing in sports, I know I didn't have this written down because I just remembered, the Masters. That's golf, in case you're not as cultured. Yes. So. It, it starts tomorrow. Uh, four days of nothing but the greatest golfers this year has to offer. Hitting Trying golf to, balls. Yes, hitting little white balls and going the distance. Hitting white balls all day. Yep. It's, uh, I'll be probably watching some Masters. Okay. Uh, Tiger Woods is back, and that's seemingly anyone could talk about for hey, some wait, reason. Man, I thought you were talking about good golfers. I know, right? Uh, so anything yeah. else about sports before we move on to television? Uh, right? yeah, so, uh, this past week, people, uh, they've been, uh, practicing, uh, on the course, uh, Justice National, and in order to keep all the media contained, they put Phil Milkinson and Tiger Woods together. Okay. Just to keep like the media all in one group. Yeah, that's all yep. they would Over focus there. on. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a golf game like no other uh, okay. coming up this weekend, uh, and then anything yeah. else? Uh, NBA will end next week, but we'll talk about that next next week. week. All right, let's move on then to television news. Our first story is picking up uh, from a story that we probably talked about briefly last year. Which has to do with Sinclair Broadcasting? Yes. Uh, uh, if you didn't hear us talk about it, I'm sure you heard John Oliver yeah. talk about it. Uh, John Oliver did a piece about these guys. But if you don't know, Sinclair, Sinclair Broadcasting is the single largest owner of broadcast television networks. And they're threatening to get larger. Uh, following the widespread video of news anchors that were on Sinclair's pre-programmed entertainment. 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 Uh, they, they all said the same thing about not trusting the media. News also came out about some Sinclair employees being subjected to liquidated damages clauses. Uh, that would be if they choose to leave, mm-hmm. uh, uh, breach their contract and leave. So while there is a six-month non-compete clause and forced arbitration, other contractual stipulations were 40% annual compensation if they left before the end of their contract. These damage clauses are commonplace in the broadcast industry as it serves to protect companies from replacing anchors who suddenly leave. However, some employees who never appear on camera were still required to sign such contracts. Is this fishy or is this fishy? This smells like some fish to me because, like, I can understand not letting your anchors leave because they're, they would hold down your show. But if you have people, like, in the booth or, like, people on this, like, that don't ever appear on camera, that's, like, that's, like, wanting to keep trade secrets. Yeah. And, or, like, stuff that you don't want getting out because they have non-disclosure agreements on top of this non-competing clause and then on top of this asset liquidation. Of course, this is all going on uh, at the same time as kind of the main, like, that our media is now finding out about these guys and are now reporting, hey, uh, it's kind of weird how they're so ridiculously, like, alt-right. 
in like the stuff that they're broadcasting all day. Well, it's not just that they're all bright. It's not just that they're all bright. It's just that they're with they're they're particularly trying to buy Caribbean right now, which would give them eighty percent market share. Which is troubling when you consider uh, how biased and how obviously biased they are. Right. And this goes into trying to keep a fair playing field, which it can be kind of issue well, yeah. when you have the SEC, head of the FCC, or, uh, yeah, Ajit Pai. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Mr. Net Neutrality himself. Yes. Um, kind of skewing the scales a bit. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on here. Is essentially is essentially the message here. There's so right. much to cover about these guys. Uh, ultimately, we'll see what happens with their uh, possible purchase of Tribune. We'll see if that goes through. It seems like the uh, the FCC meddling has been kind of ebbed for the time being, yes. but it could not be in the future. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, we'll get back to these guys. We'll keep an eye out on them because, man, it's super weird. It's funny you mention that because last year when we reported them buying, mm-hmm. tri- like potentially buying Tribune, that we should probably keep an eye out for these guys. Yeah. And yet, everything kind of like slowly went away, went away until it this come thing back came. This week. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. CNN yet, was even talking yeah. about this uh, the other day. So yeah, it's getting too ahead. So we'll see. Yeah, it's coming ahead. Alright, uh, what is also coming to the head is remakes. They're constantly making remakes. And the next remake we're going to see is a remake of A League of Their Own, but on television this time. Yes, that film. Yes, the 1992 baseball film about a women's baseball league based on true events is getting a TV adaptation for Amazon Studios. Will Graham, uh, who I guess was involved in Mozart in the Jungle for Amazon... Um, and Abby Jacobson from Broad City will co-write and executive produce what is being described less as a reboot and more as a modern look at the story of A League of Their Own. Yeah, it's a reimagining. The film celebrated its 25th anniversary last year, but this will take uh, this will dive deeper into the issues facing the country while following a ragtag team of women figuring themselves out while fighting to realize their dreams of playing professional baseball. Just like a real advent. Yeah. It's a half-hour <laughs> comedy taking a contemporary spin on the stories of women surrounding the league. This sounds boss. Yeah. This sounds great. Yeah. I'm already looking forward to this. Like, I'm surprised Amazon is, like, reaching out to pick this thing up. Yeah. But the fact that someone, like, just anyone would want to put that into a film, like, it's, it's right up the alley. It's a, it's a, I mean, a sports... In a sports term, it's a home run. A sports... Ha <laughs> 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 Wait for the, the headlines. Yeah. Uh, a sports tel- a television sports comedy sounds great. I mean, when's the last time we had one of those sports night? Brock Brockmeyer, but eh, no one's watching. It's on yeah. IFC. It's really about the announcer. The announcer. Sports night was about the sports casters. Yeah. It, like I don't, and the league is about fantasy. So like, when was the last time we had like a comedy sports show? Like specifically comedy? Yeah. Um, I can't even think of it. Basketball. No, television. Oh, television. Um, See, that's the thing. There's been movies. Yeah, there's been movies. I mean, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Bad News Bears. I think that was a... They TV. may have made a TV I believe show briefly. Almost, yeah, I believe there's a brief TV show. Anyways. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's a cool idea. That's uh, a good idea. Meanwhile, we've got another deal. Uh, Kenya Barris, the creator of Blackish and writer of Girls Trip, is actively trying to get out of his deal uh, with ABC Studios. While he still has three years left on the contract he signed last year, he's currently being courted by Netflix to join them. 
Barris recently had to pull an episode of Blackish because ABC wouldn't air it. Uh, I believe it was about um, uh, was it the kneeling the kneeling at the anthem? I believe it was about the, it was I something say, about. I just read about this. Yeah, it was about Anthony Anderson's character right. talking to his son about uh, I think, pol- politics in the world yeah, right now. Yeah, like kneeling and the whole, I that think whole it, thing. It might have been kneeling. Uh, but yeah, so ABC or wouldn't let Trump him air it. Something, something. Yeah. He also put forth three different shows that ABC passed on. One that had Alec Baldwin executive producing. Huh. Yeah, he would executive produce and star in it. Uh, one was a law drama, and one was a other comedy. Now, and as you know, his spinoff show of Blackish Grownish, uh, while it was uh, uh, bought up for a full uh, buy, uh, ended up uh, premiering on Freeform as the executives thought it was uh, too young skewing for ABC. Which is funny because he initially created for ABC proper. But then they didn't really want to put it on yeah. ABC proper. So they're like, okay, we like what you did here. We just don't think it's going to work here. So we're going to give it to the sister, sister station. station. Uh, so this is uh, kind of dovetails into another story, which you don't have here. But I think we should talk about it. So Roseanne uh, premiered oh, ABC. on ABC, because it's ABC as well this week. And so when these two stories hit at the same time, a lot of people were like raising some eyebrows about what's going on at ABC. Yeah. Uh, so one of the major kind of trending things that caught fire in the pop culture sphere with Roseanne was that Roseanne, the character, well, and also the real person, but the character so on Trump. the television show, uh, yes, was portrayed as uh, someone who voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, uh, yeah, uh, kind of went wildfire on the internet. People are still kind of trying to see where they sit with this character, like this this television legend of a character right. being kind of put into this modern view this way. Um, yeah, so when the story uh, came out about ABC passing on a political issue, Blackish, and about the guy being like, I need to get out of here, mm-hmm. people kind of got a view of being like, what's going on at ABC United these days? Right. What's the executive Well, because not only that, but Shonda Rhimes left. Mm-hmm. So, to Netflix, even. Yeah. So they're losing their power yeah, hitters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but that being said, Roseanne debuted to a billion viewers and is their newest biggest hit. So what you going to do? You're going to revive more TV shows. Yeah, that's what you're going to do. You're going to go steer hard into that, that revival era. So yeah. So uh, we're going to see uh, the Muppets come back because people loved it, that show. So yeah, we're going to see what happens. No. <laughs> Come so on. We'll see what happens with Kenya Barris. We'll keep an eye on him uh, and see what happens uh, with that business. Yeah. Uh, unlike Shauna Rhimes, who had one year left on her contract, uh, Kenya still has three. Right. That's he what, just, that's just signed saying. a four year deal last year. So, yeah, we'll see if uh, anything goes over Netflix. But what is happening over at Netflix is our next story. They are hiring. But be quick, because there's one position. That position. <laughs> Is an editorial analyst. Now you're probably wondering. I That's a really vague term. What does that mean? Also, I don't edit. That doesn't apply to me. But wait, it probably does. It does. So, Stream Company is now hiring an editorial analyst who will be paid to watch, research, categorize, and rate their movie and TV content. Quote, the ideal candidate has a deep knowledge and educa- education in the film and or television industry, can write efficiently with an attention to detail, and it's thoughtful, the delivery of information while working on a diverse team. This sounds like us. Basically, <laughs> Netflix is hiring somebody to watch hours and hours of television. 
while there is only one position open here in the United States, there are several open if you speak Japanese. That's the caveat. So, yeah. Uh, Unless you want to watch a bunch of Japanese television <laughs> and can understand what they're saying, yeah. non-subtitled, I might add you. Good luck. Uh, Netflix has a job opening for you. Yeah, so check that out, people who are fluent in Japanese. Yes. Moving on, uh, so the, let's wrap up television by talking about some television that we watched. Yeah, so there was an event, let's call it an event, on Sunday that was more than Easter and more than April Fool's. A combination of both, you could say. <laughs> you're, you're being cute. Uh, but no, ABC, <laughs> uh, NBC uh, aired their uh, annual live musical uh, that they've been doing since uh, Carrie Underwood's Sound of Music a few years ago. Has it been that long? It's been that long. I don't it's know how long that ago, long. but that has been that long. So this year's, in, it was on Easter, as you said, on Sunday. It was Jesus Christ Superstar, the Android Lloyd, Andrew Lloyd Webber 70s musical about the death of Jesus Christ. Rock opera. Uh, yeah, you could call it rock opera. It's um, Disco opera? Very, no, 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 I wouldn't go disco. It's very it's very rock, though. It's yeah. rock funk kind of influence. Yeah. Very of its time. It's very 70s. Um, it was what he was doing uh, prior to his 80s hits like Phantom of the Opera. This is how uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber got himself to be a uh, big name. So it was a hit on Broadway. It was then a hit in theaters. Uh, but yeah, this live version starred uh, John Legend, the legend comma John, as yes. Jesus himself. Um, a former star of Hamilton as Judas. I don't remember his name. Um, Leslie, I think. Uh, Le- Leslie Odom. Leslie Odom. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, Sarah Bareilles uh, did not write you a love song, but she was... Um, Mary Magdalene. Uh, Mary Magdalene. Uh, so yeah, it was a... And Alice Cooper as Alice Caesar. As... Yeah, it was I believe it was Caesar. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, needless to say, this kind of fell into the, the format of their previous live productions. But a way more bare-bones version of that. It was basically one set, just like you'd see in a live concert kind of version mm-hmm. of this. And uh, yeah, very pared down, uh, kind of like just the costumes, the singing, and some set dressing, and that's it. Yeah, it was all uh, single direction. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a live audience that uh, there was. Video. There was a live action, a live mm-hmm. audience, and they did they did react. Yeah, uh, but they weren't involved in the in the show as much. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was all right. I mean, I the vibe I got from the thing is, man, I would probably be enjoying this more if I actually was engaged in the show. Like if I liked the show, if I was a fan yeah. of Jesus Christ Superstar, this was definitely for you. It, there was there was not a whole there was no hook there was no real gimmick about like look at this cool thing we're doing it was more like no we're just gonna give you Jesus Christ Superstar it was if you like Jesus Christ Superstar Check here out. it is yeah otherwise I mean, John yeah. Legend is okay I mean I don't yeah, John I don't necessarily think his is a very uh, is a voice that lends itself to musical theater so I don't know if he was the best choice for that well, he's a very more passionate singer which is you know passionate of the Christ yeah. Sarah Bareilles nailed it. Uh, man, yeah, she did a really good job, I thought. Ooh, nailed it. That's a bad pun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Ooh, I know. Uh, happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> All right, let's move on after that one. So did you watch any other television? Uh, this, or uh, like any new TV? Yeah, new TV. Um, 2018 television. Uh, Silicon Valley debuted, right? You watched that? That, that, that premiered with Barry. Week? Okay, so you yeah. talked about that. I, talked, uh, I, don't, I didn't talk about it. But yeah, Silicon Valley's back. It exists. 
they're 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 bouncing off last season, trying to build a new internet. Right, right, right. Uh, anything else that premiered? Nothing that premiered. Oh, I forgot to mention in the movie segment. I watched Magic Mike last night. Oh, and I watched that. I hadn't seen it all the way through. Okay, that's a pretty good movie. That's what I've heard. Yeah, you should probably sit down and watch Magic Mike. Yeah. I was like, wait, this is not what I thought this was going to be. Well, speaking of Magic Mike, <laughs> Chain Tatum has been canceled. Chain Tatum broke up, uh, divorced. Yes, he's divorcing. His time wife. Yes, that they After met. Six years? Uh, eight years. They Remember met it? on Step Up. Step Up. I believe it was Step Up. Or was it Step Up to the Streets? No, no, no. He's just in Step Up. No, this is only in the first one. Yeah. But yeah, that's where he yeah. met his wife, and they they broke up. Yeah, so yes. ladies, look out! Channing Tatum is on the loose. Tatum on the loose. Channing Tatum yum is on the loose. <laughs> wow. Okay. But yeah, Magic Mike's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'd recommend sitting down. It's on. Um, we watched it on Amazon, I think. Oh, saw Coco or Netflix. <laughs> we watched Coco because we got the Blu-ray and yeah. we saw some of the uh, um, all of the uh, bonus features. We have more bonus features to come. I know we're gonna watch the whole commentary. Thing. All right, well we're talking about movies. Uh, we got to wrap up television, so that's it for television. Yeah, I don't think I watched anything new. That's okay. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, just just watch the same stuff I've renewals. been watching. Cancellations and renewals, and we got some of both. A little column A, a little column B. A little bit of both. First up, Brock Meyer on IFC. Speaking of Brock uh, Meyer. Gets uh, a second season. Uh, sorry, gets renewed for two more seasons. Yes. A season four and five. I don't even think it's done with its second season. Uh, it's in the middle of its third. Yeah, okay. It is, I guess. All right, so that keeps going. Yep. Beyond on Freeform has been canceled after two seasons. Oh, who saw that coming? Oh, uh, wait, everyone. No one. Uh, Life Sentence on the CW has been Cancel after just five episodes. Do you know what Life Sentence was about? No, I'm guessing a law show? No. No? It it's about a girl uh, uh, who was diagnosed with terminally ill cancer. Oh, that kind of life sentence. Yes. Oh, okay. But wait, there's a catch. Uh-huh. Turns out her cancer went into remission at the age of 18. Okay. So now, after high school, she can. she basically has a second life. Or a new uh, life. Well, I mean, she did before the show about her got canceled. Yeah. All right. But yeah, that's life sentence. Then uh, the aforementioned Roseanne, already a hit for ABC, has gotten 13 full episodes for an 11th season. That is 11th in total order, show yeah. order. Not, like, so, yes. Even though this is the first season, the reboot, this the, is technically season 10. Just just like they're, they're counting the uh, we, Will, and Grace. Will and Grace as yeah. its 10th season. Yeah. And Mystery Science Theater as its eleventh season. Correct. Et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. They're continuations. They're not. They're not really looking at reboot. Right. And uh, lastly, in renewals here, the CW went through all of their stable to tell us who lives and who dies. Basically, everyone lives. Everybody lives. Arrow, Black Lightning, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Riverdale, Jay the Virgin, Dynasty, Supernatural, and Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Are all renewed. Wait, but here's an asterisk. Wait, you mean mean all their hits got renewed? Uh, but here's an asterisk. Oh, J- J- uh, uh, for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. The one that's not so much of a hit, but a cult hit, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, has been renewed, but it will be its final season. So the yes. upcoming fourth season of the show will be its last. Yes, creators have already said as much. Yeah. It is currently on tour. Yes, yes Which is. is fun enough to say for a TV show. It it's is. on tour. But yeah, uh... Uh, we covered that a while ago in the music, and yep. speaking of music, What's happening? Uh, well, 
wrap it up. I don't think we have any deaths this time. You point. have no deaths, so... No, no, no that, notable deaths. So I guess we roll into... Music. Yeah. Which, of course, we start with the Billboard charts. So your Billboard starts with your Hot 100, which is your singles chart. Number one song in the nation is still, still God's, God's Plan. plan. It must be God's Plan to have God's Plan. It must be. Number two is Meant to Be by B.B. Rexon. It was, it was meant to be. Number wait, three, Finesse wait, by Florida Georgia Mars and Party B. What? With Florida Georgia Line? I've been saying that for the last three weeks. Yes. That is a song that is a duet between, or three yet, between B.B. Rexa and Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, I think I heard that one this week. Number three, <laughs> Finesse by Bruno Mars and Cardi B. Number four, moving up the list, Psycho by Post Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. And Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Oh, Perfect's back. Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Your albums chart did see some new new, new blood. Uh, your number one album in the country right now is Boarding House Reach, the solo album by Jack White. Number two okay. is Question Mark by Extension Number three, Black Panther, the album. Number four, Great Showman, the album. Moving hey, back up to the back. top five. And rounding out your top five, Culture 2 by Migos. Hey, Great Showman's back. That is your Billboard upcoming this week. Yeah. Your new releases, Amanda Palmer with I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats, colon, All Hail West Texas. Mountain All Hail West Texas. <laughs> Mountain Goats are another band. Texas band, Forever. Which is a fun one we'll mention. Blackberry Smoke with Find the Light. The aforementioned Cardi B with Invasion of Privacy. Uh, unsure if this one will actually be released. It may get delayed. Yeah, 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 I heard that too. Daniel Avery with A Song for Alpha. Dusted with Blackout Summer. Eels with Deconstruction. Hines with I Don't Run. My uh, pick of the week, Hop Along with Bark Your Head Off Dog. Uh, Kate Nash with Yesterday Was Forever. Kylie Minogue with Golden... The Wonder Years with Sister Cities. Are you sure that's not reversed? Okay. Yeah. 30 Seconds to Mars? <laughs> yes, yes, The that Wonder 30 Years. 30 Seconds to Mars with America, all caps. Yes, I'll probably be listening to that. Unknown Mortal Orchestra with Sex and Food. My two favorite things. Yeah. And Zola Jesus with Okovi Colon Editions. FGL Stagecoach Preview. There you go. Where's my playlist? Uh, but right. yeah, uh, expect... Maybe Casey Musgraves to. I to think that Casey has a chance for number one next week, but who knows? I just happened to see what her Metacritic score was for that. Yeah. Well, what was it? It was high. It was high. I don't remember what it was. I know. I know you saw the Pitchfork like appraise it. I know. Unbelievably. Yeah. Yeah. People are loving that thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit uh, here. We talked about it last week too. Oh yeah, we we'll talked talk about, about it again. Yeah. All right, moving into music news. Our first story is about former Lincoln, or still current, current. Uh, Lincoln Park uh, member Mike Shinoda. Yes. So, indeed. Uh, the, the, the now lead singer, I guess. I guess. Uh, the defunct. Yes, in dealing with the aftermath of his co-bandmate, Just Chester Bennington's death, he's ready to show what he's been working on with the release of Post Traumatic, his project due later this year. He released two new tracks, Crossing a Line and Nothing Makes Sense Anymore, that will be on the album, with the three tracks released earlier this year. Ultimately, he says, Post Traumatic is an album about healing. If people have been through something similar, I hope they feel less alone. That's cool that he's uh, kind of moving through his feelings with his music. Yeah, we did cover this brief, or we mentioned the the EP uh, a couple months back when he released those three songs. They were 
very different from typical Linkin Park songs. Yeah. Or even the Fort Minor stuff. They're very personal songs, it felt like. Stuff to get you through yeah. uh, depression. Doing something different. Do something different. So, apparently he still has more stuff to talk about than those three. Thank and you. is releasing a full album. Um, not only that, but you can go to Linkin Park's website right now. And they still have a donation page to uh, Chester Fund for just for Chester Bennington. You can also buy different uh, pieces of merchandise that will go directly to that fund as well. That's good. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's good. I mean, this hopefully this album's gonna not only be good. I mean, it should be good, but it also should uh, should help some people through tough times. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a good thing. Right, and that's about. ultimately the goal Mike Shinoda is going for. Yeah, is to express words that usually cannot be expressed. All right. Yeah. Uh, moving uh, on. Moving on to a place where you might listen to this uh, new Mike Shinoda music on Spotify. Well, the company, as we previously reported, was planning to go public, and that has happened. Oh, and they made money to the tune of twenty-five billion dollars worth. That's of right. That's billion with a B. Making it the largest music company by default in the world. By comparison, other companies within the music industry include Vivendi, which is worth $27 billion, Live Nation, which is worth about $8 billion, and Tencent Music in China, the music division of the large holding company Tencent, which we've talked about a lot in the video game segment, yep. worth $12.5 billion. They also have around 71 million paid subscribers, Spotify. Right. Now, compared to Apple Music, that only has 40 million. Yeah, notice that is paid subscribers, not total Not just total users. users. That doesn't include all those freeloaders out there. This is paid <laughs> subscribers to Spotify. So, do I count as those freeloaders, then? I mean, until you start giving me five bucks a month. <laughs> yes, you're a freeloader. <laughs> that can be arranged. Moving on. Moving on. Our next story is about Live Nation. Yeah, speaking of Live Nation, they're in a bit of hot water. Eight years after merging with Ticketmaster, ticket prices are at a record high and service fees have become a major nuisance. Major nuisance. Major nuisance. Now the Department of Justice is looking into serious accusations about live actions. Live Live Nation. Behavior. They're now reviewing complaints aimed at the company that they used its control over concert tours to pressure venues into contracting with Ticketmaster as they manage over 500 artists. One complaint comes from AEG, that manages several large venues, that they would lose valuable shows if Ticketmaster was not used as the vendor, which would, of course, violate antitrust laws. One example is in Atlanta, where Live Nation passed by the Gwinnett Center after they replaced Ticketmaster with a service controlled by AEG. Not only did they bypass on a large tour, but the following year... Dropped the number of shows managed by Live Nation from five to just two. Yeah. They say it was practical business dealings that they couldn't afford to make an extra stop. But the Gwent uh, Center in Atlanta is one of the biggest centers. Yeah. Um, next to the uh, second only to the one that Live Nation owns and runs. Yeah. So the Justice Department is also looking into th- reports of threats at venues around the country that have seen a loss of Live Nation's businesses. S- business. So it sounds like there may be some shady doings conspiracy. Not necessarily shady in terms of backdoor dealings, but shady as in strategically manipulating the artists and where they taking advantage of the power that they have. Yeah, basically being the only game in town. 
Basically. were forcing themselves in to be the only game in town. That's the other way. Right. Not great. Yeah. Uh, and forcing people to use their service because, as we've reported before and constantly on, on here, yeah. people hate Ticketmaster fees. Like, They're just terrible. in general. Like, why? I'm buying this online. Why do I have to pay you an extra $20? Yeah. And this is why, because they're literally the only game to get these tickets. Yep. All right, let's move on to a story about concerts themselves. Yeah, speaking of concerts and concert goings. So a new study conducted by behavioral science expert Patrick Figgin of Goldsmith University suggests that attending concerts once every two weeks, which is a lot, could increase life expectancy by nine years. Weird. How do you get that number? So the study shows only 20 minutes of a show is enough to boost feelings of well-being by 21%. Feelings of self-worth by 25%. Closeness to others by 25%. And mental stimulation went up 75%. Over two-thirds of people surveyed said they felt happier experiencing live music than just simply listening at home. Yeah. So this is less about like actually bettering yourself and more physically like physically mentally and socially bettering yourself i mean there's a lot of weird stuff on the kind of periphery of this because it's very easy to say like i got out of the house so i'm happier than i would be if i was in the house you know yeah there's a lot of variables here that i don't know is is necessarily (laughs) super scientific uh, well, I think yeah, you're talking about like people's well-being yeah. as like scientific data. Needless to say, people going out and doing stuff, they're going to be generally happier than somebody who is shacked up at home not doing stuff. And whether that's a concert or going to see a movie, I'd say you could probably you could fudge those numbers a little because you're generally going to feel better. Yeah, it's more about socialization and. Yeah being out and about that it is about anything one specific that being said i mean concerts are pretty awesome i definitely recommend to go to more concerts especially if you live in an area where they happen all the time if you don't and if you live in an area i don't know like we do that has like a couple of major venues major Major venues venues. and not a whole lot of bands going there then yeah it might be a little harder to do but if you happen to live in like in a city if you like to live in New York or Los Angeles or Philadelphia and there's like an active music scene, go! Go see music because there's music around every corner. There's pl- bands playing probably at your local bar that are probably pretty awesome that you can totally check out right now. So go. Go check them out. Concerts are cool. Go to more concerts. Yeah. One, one good scene to go to is San Francisco. Yeah. It's another great scene. Yeah. They have a big concert on the outdoors, too, uh, called Outside Land. I sense a, 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 a transition because you have a story that you didn't get. Yes, on purpose. <laughs> so I didn't yeah, the Outside Land's uh, 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 lineup. lineup was announced. Yes. Are we going to do the lineup game? No, we're not going to do the lineup game. Uh, so who's our headliners? Headliners are The Weeknd, playing The Weeknd. Sure. Uh, Florence and, and the, machine. the Machine. And Janet Jackson? Sure. Yes, that's actually Janet Jackson. It's funny Mark. <laughs> that you say these are the, the headliners because this also happens to be the same exact headliners as FYF Fest, which yeah. also got its lineup uh, right. announced uh, this past week. Right. But unlike FYF Fest, yeah. uh, Outside Lands uh, also includes Future, Beck, Odessa, Bonnie Bear, Churches, Bear. Portugal, Comma, <laughs> The Man, Huey Lewis, and The News. And the news. Uh, Father John Misty, Chromio, Carly Rae Jepsen, 
And we're just going to end right there. Because I... yeah. <laughs> that's all I need to hear. That's all you need to hear. I mean, I already saw Carly, so I'm good. But, but hey, this probably means new album? I don't know. New music? Uh, she recently was got on to, brought on stage by Charlie XEX at a recent concert. So she's been around. Oh, okay. She's making some rounds right now. But yeah. no announcements have been made about any new material. Yeah, uh, just go, yeah, just going quickly through the list. Oh, the Mountain Goats. We Speaking of the Mountain Goats. Yeah, they're going to be there. And... Da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Yeah. So that's outside land. So that's in Chicago, you said? No. no. San Francisco. So it's in San Francisco. Yeah, at, Gold, at Golden Gate Park. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, 10 a.m. So probably when you're listening to this. There you uh, go. Four single days or three days. But, you know, be prepared to shell out some money for yeah, them. Yeah, so if you like expensive music festivals and you live in San Francisco, there's your festival. Moving on, let's wrap up music by talking about you listened to the Casey Musgraves album. Yes, Golden, Golden Hour. Hour. What did you think about Golden Hour? Uh, I'm just going to quote to what I said to you. <laughs> that this album feels like a Sunday drive. Yeah. Uh, with your best girl. Uh, just, just or, or whoever, your significant other. Just going down the coast, whichever coast that may be. Or just taking a long drive. Just listening to this album, just ending with a perfect sunset. It's just a beautiful album, yeah. simply put. For sure. Um, there's a lot uh, on this album, a lot of hits I can see. Um, there's a lot of potential oh, yeah. for crossover, uh, not only in the country, but also into the mainstream with this album. Um, one of these songs on here, if it gets a EDM remix, I can see being really big. Uh, it's uh, was it the, the, the love one. Or love is a wild thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could that could be. A... Yeah, that, that's missing an eight oh eight kick, <laughs> and, and maybe a, a bass drop here and there. But that's like if it gets that, that thing could be big. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Yes, uh, it I works listen... multiple ways. Yes, I, uh, one of my favorite titles is Velvet Elvis. Yeah, just that song is very cool too. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, Wonder Woman is a great song on there. Of course, mm-hmm. Butterfly, Space Cowboy. Yeah. And uh, basically, go and listen to this thing. Yeah, is what we're saying. You are going to see Casey. Later oh, I will this be seeing Casey. So check that out. Yes, I'll be seeing Casey at uh, Stagecoach, which is at the end of the month. So you'll be reporting back after that. I'm yes, sure. not only how she looks, but also how she sounds. Ha ha ha. Anyways, but yeah, so check that out. Um, any other music? you listen to this week? Because I have a couple. Uh, no, I've just been mainly listening to that constantly on my car now. So, okay. um, like I mentioned, come Friday, I'm probably going to listen to that new 30 Seconds to Mars album, America. America! Sorry. America! Yeah, it's all caps. All caps. So you got to yell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, um, okay. I probably will give those Mike, the Mike Shinoda things a listen. Okay. I know I was going to, but then I was just got stuck in the the world. Fair enough. And she's just keeps running through my head now. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much listen to that album every day since it's come out now. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, um, what I also listen to real briefly, yeah, I look, go into depth here. Lonely Weekend is just constantly in my it's head like, for some reason. It's a, it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, other albums I listen to real quick, I listen to the new Frankie Cosmos, uh, Vessel. Uh, that's, of course, Greta Klein, daughter of Kevin Klein. Oh, uh, that's her band. Uh, they've uh, been around for a few years here, but but yeah, that's her new one. It's uh, pretty strong. Uh, some real great songs on there. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. 
Okay. You yeah, this that was, Oh, yeah, it's uh, have not. It's streaming right now on NPR. I have not gotten a chance. I might do that tonight. What's um, NPR? They do the first listens. Uh, they have early deals. They make deals with artists to do early. Okay. But that's on Friday. I'll talk about that uh, next week. If you want to read my thoughts about Golden Hour, uh, they're on the site now. So if you want to go to mediavotepodcast.com and take a look, you can see my thoughts about Casey Musgraves' album there. Or, you know, listen to it and make your own, your own mind. Cause it's, or both. Or, you know, do both. And just... just you Porque just, like, dose. The only thing is that you have to agree with us that it is good. Well, you don't have to. You have to. All right, let's move on to video games. Video games. Yes. New releases. New releases for video games. Real light this week. Yeah, I don't know what these are. Invertium for PlayStation 4 and Switch. Metropolis colon Lux Obscura for PlayStation 4 and Switch. Urban Trial Playground for Switch. Those are your games. Yeah, there's more games, but. They're like Switch games or yeah, PlayStation. This, for the new uh, release Friday first. post last week, there were so many Switch games coming out, I didn't even bother putting one. I was like, there's no notable games this week. Just catch up on Switch games. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and also PlayStation Network games being released. Um, if you do have a PlayStation Plus account, uh, Mad Max is free. Yeah, the video game month, Mad Max. As well as uh, Qbert Remastered, that's also free. If you want to. If you want that. Get all the way up to the top and then fall off the side and then see Kubert uh, swear at you. Play some Kubert. Yep. Let's move on to our first story in video game news, which of course was about April Fool's Day. Not only was Sunday Easter, it was also April Fool's. Yes. So, and because being people in the video game industry are geeks and nerds and love, yeah, love dumb April stuff. Fool's stuff. Yeah. So the video game industry is probably the most at least I'm aware of, the most active when it comes to April Fool's dumb jokes. Yes. Some of the jokes included this year, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, debuted a body pillow. <laughs> That's just gross. Yeah. Uh, gigantic toppers in Rocket League, so gigantic things on your car. Yes. Uh, there was a Need for Speed Traffic Jam game <laughs> teased. Yeah. Uh, Payday was going to have an animated series. <laughs> Halo was going to have its own Battle Royale mode. There were going to be hats for your tanks and War Thunder. And finally, an Eevee, like the Pokemon, the Pokemon was going to be in Tekken 7 as yes, DLC. The Pokemon Eevee was going to be a playable character for Tekken 7. That's funny. DLC. It's dumb and funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they also make the Pokemon Tournament game, so that checks out. Right. Like, like we said, a lot of these are harmless, dumb fun. Yeah. Yeah. They're silly. You know, they're... The fact that they're, like, one of the most active industries for April Fool's yeah. is very nice that it keeps getting the recognition every year. Yeah. All right, move on to another uh, story here. This one, of the political nature. We go to Kansas, where the Kansas Senate has passed the Andrew T. Funch anti-swatting bill. Now, who is Andrew T. Funch? I have no idea, but I can tell you what swatting is. What is swatting, then? Swatting is when you are a total asshole. Uh, well, I mean, not just the flies. But if you're a total <laughs> asshole and you decide that it's a funny prank to call the SWAT team on a person. Basically. Uh, this is mainly done while they're streaming. While Let's they're put, streaming. Yeah. Or while they're on the internet. Or There's all sorts of situations in which you can be swatted right but yeah basically it's being a total asshole and like sending to someone's house 
a literal SWAT team for no actual criminal misdeeds. Right. Uh, so yeah, Kansas Senate uh, passed the Andrew T. Funch anti-swatting bill, which will now go to the governor for final approval and signature. The bill came after Wichita police shot and killed 28-year-old Andrew Finch last December after a swatting call. Under the bill, anyone who makes a false alarm or swatting call that results in death or extreme injury would face a level one felony, which, depending on criminal history, carries a prison sentence between 10 to 41 years. Yeah. 41 years. The only caveat in this bill uh, is that someone has to either die or or be injured. Really injured. Which is, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's harsh enough. Right. I mean, if you call and they arrive and nothing happens, then nothing happens nothing to happens you. Nothing happens to you. It still sucks. It's still a bad thing that people shouldn't do. Maybe this will dissuade more people from doing it, I hope. Yeah. Uh, but, but hey, we'll see. But it's a dumb thing. Don't do it. it it's super dumb. People, please stop swatting. It's please. just, it's not, no, no need. Next up, someone who has uh, probably never been swatted. Spyro the Dragon. I'm not sure he's swatted at character. Sparks before. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sparks. Uh, we may be closer to a Spyro remaster than ever before, as Activision is now in control of the character's website, I guess. Yes. You have the game's website, but I think more generally, the IP of Spyro the Dragon. Yes, the Spyro the Dragon website is now under Activision domain. Not only that, but a mysterious purple egg arrived at video game website IGN that led them to the Twitter handle at Spyro the Dragon. That only had one tweet on it, but it referenced the remastered Crash Bandicoot game. Yep, uh, worked down by Vicarious Games, which mm-hmm. is a division Vicarious of... Vicarious Visions. Vicarious which is a division of Activision. Activision. So PAX East is this weekend, but expect an official announcement to be made at E3, if not sooner. So yeah, there's a chance we might see some announcement about Spyro at PAX. I mean, PAX makes sense. Yeah, PAX is the next closest one. It's a fan franchise, and that's a fan event. So. Right, but this is PAX... This is PAX East. East. Uh, I still want to call it PAX, PAX Prime, but that PAX Prime is West. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. But they changed it to PAX West, PAX, PAX East. Because now there's PAX South I mean, in Texas. I, that might be cool. I, I mean, I played a, only a little bit of the Spyro games, but I feel like Spyro was always more my jam than Crash. Yeah, I played Spyro. I played all, all the three PS1 versions of Spyro. I didn't touch the Legend of Spyro's. Uh, series, yeah, towards the end, or there. the Skylander series, uh, but from what I did play from the PS One version, I liked. I yeah. played them a lot. Uh, I specifically bought Spyro the Dragon when it came out for PS Three digitally, and played through that and beat it. Uh, it was very nice. I also played through Three constantly. Uh, the Year of the Dragon, yeah, collecting all the eggs. Yeah, I heard they're good. Yeah, they're good. Um. Uh, I mean, the Crash remake was great. So yeah, if they do the same kind of attention to detail that they did with those games for these games, that'd be pretty great. Yeah, uh, people are still hyped on Spyro, even yeah. though I guess majority of uh, young gamers know it from the Skyland series. I mean, now, yeah, but but they're not catering this to them. No, I mean, they'll, well, they partially are, but they're. they're I mean, you, they saw how well Crash did for that kind of era of video gamers. Mm-hmm. Spyro could easily do just as well. Yeah, I don't think you need to add any of the Skylander character into no. the no, universe. No, 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 no. You don't need to. It'll be a remaster of those first three games, and that's it. Yeah, that's what they should I do. I will put my money on that. That's what they should do. Yeah. All right, 
So let's move out yeah. of Spyro and into the bits. The bits. Rapid We're going to wrap up. We're talking about some rapid fire things here. Yep. First up, the incredibly anticipated Spider-Man game for the PS4. The exclusive Sony developed, uh, or Sony, Insomniac developed, speaking of Spyro, uh, the original developer Spyro, uh, yes. Insomniac Games. Um, their new project, Spider-Man, will be released on September 7th. So we have a late summer release date for uh, for Spider-Man. So yes. check that out. That also got a new gameplay and trailer released. So check that out if okay. you're interested. Next up, the Overwatch League has introduced an all-access patch pass on Twitch. So this will be a way to see all the competition. Yes. Um, this is separate. I as think it happens. I think this is... No, no, this is in addition. Oh, okay. Or, like, like except, like, you, you'll still get, like, the Twitch Prime as a part of it if you purchase that package. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, an extra step. An extra thing. Yeah. So that way you can, like, watch all it all. the Overwatch that yeah. you could ever desire. Yeah, more, more than that's already on the, on there. <laughs> Next up, uh, don't look uh, forward too quickly for God of War reviews as they are embargoed until April 12th. So April 12th will be the first you'll hear about uh, uh, reviews about God of War. So right. check that out. But the game does come out on 20th. April 20th. So just about a week prior you're going to hear about the game. Which is good news actually because... Uh, some, if you're Bethesda and you'll embargo until you embargo until the day comes out. So at least they're giving a week of buffer time. That's that's still pretty nice. Right. Next up, Far Cry Five. Last week's big video game release sold three hundred and ten million dollars through the first week, making it Ubisoft's second biggest launch behind their launch of The Division in twenty fifteen. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I guess moving it to America and make it relevant. Turns out. Uh, is a winning formula. Far Cry game. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, to wrap up video games, you have some thoughts about a Marvel game? Yes. So, I was watching a little bit of basketball. Um, as you do. As, as you do this past weekend. And I noticed an ad advertisement. Advertisement. <laughs> advertisement. Advertisement. For a game. A Marvel game. A Marvel Mobile game you don't say. called Marvel Strike Force. Okay, so what's Mar Marvel Strike Force? It's this. No, sorry, you can't no, see that. No, what is the game? Uh, it's a it's a team building game where you. Uh, so it's like you go to an office retreat and you do trust falls. Yeah, except you don't want to <laughs> anger the Hulk as he does it because otherwise mm. you're gonna die. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bad call. Yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sorry, he's a team building. That's yeah. So, about. so part of uh, so in the comic books, the strike, uh, strike, S T R I K E, uh -huh. is a special division within Shield oh. that deals with interdimensional uh, forces. <laughs> okay. So, what this game does, and I know I've read a um, like a little synopsis of this before, like I saw the the commercial for it, but they. They took what was essentially a seedless um, <laughs> en uh, enemy, baddie, yeah. villain, uh, called Ultimo, and turned him into the central villain. Okay. Uh, because he has the power to see through all dimensions, uh, what he's done is take uh, the heroes uh, of different dimensions and turn them evil to attack the dimension that we're in. Yeah. Uh, so it's up to us to gather our team of superheroes to fight this new evil. Uh, you do it by gathering team teammates by, uh, through different uh, cards. I mean, they're not technically cards, but they're card-based. Uh, it's like a card-based system. It's basically a card battling game. It's what it sounds like. 
Um, no. You use the cards <laughs> to get the character, but then yeah. it's turn-based okay. battling system. Alright. Uh, you level them up. Leveling is really easy. What I found is that even though it you do, you are able to pay to win, you don't need to. I mean, I'm already, like, level 20 in a couple of days, and I haven't had to pay anything for this. It just naturally levels up, and the, at no point do I feel like the game has gotten either too hard or too difficult or just, like, here's a wall. Now you have to pay in order to level your people up. Hmm. No, it moves very nicely, and I feel like this is, like, the type of game that mobile games should be, which is weird to say because mobile games should literally be anything, but in terms of, like, an RPG-style game... This is exactly what could keep people coming back because it's familiar characters, easy level up system, and even though there is technically what's considered to be a loot crate system, mm. it's not needed to level up your char- characters. But, I mean, it kind of is, but you also get it by doing different events and activities within the game itself. And it uses a lot of the Marvel characters from the cinematic universe as compared to... Um, like, just comic books, like, use anything. Right. So at least you're very familiar with the characters that they're showing you, and it's very well put. Hmm. Well, well, well-crafted game. It opens up different sessions as you level up, so you're not, like, overwhelmed with everything in the beginning. Uh, where it's like, here, you do this, this, and this, this, and then you're like, whoa, 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 wait. Let me just do one thing at a time. Let me master that first. So it's really well put, really well done. And definitely check it out if you're a fan of Marvel or, like, turn-based games. Uh, I'm having fun with it. Uh, I, until I hit a wall, I, or at least until I hit the end game, because it does say, like, content coming soon. So they do plan for more stuff coming to this. Uh, until I hit that, I can see myself playing this and leveling up my characters for a while. Hmm. It's one of those, um, it's where, like, even though, like, you have to wait for, like, your energy to replenish before you can do more missions. Like, it, it's still, like, re-leveling up. It still gives you, like, extra level or extra energy. So you don't really, like, feel like you're going to run out unless you, like, go back and try and, like, purposely level up your characters. Okay. So it's not like... It doesn't, like, have the, 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 the pay-to-win hooks into it where you feel obligated. There are They are there. But... But you're never obligated to yeah. say, like, to go by... And that, that stupid pop-up window that says, hey, we're having this sale yeah. now, doesn't pop up. Yeah, that's like you, could, like, you could say, like, turn this thing off forever. That's good. Yeah. So it's... It's a friendly It's a friendly version mobile, of that kind of It's thing. a friendly mobile game. And that's what mobile games should be. Yeah. Not, like, trying to suck your money out of you at every single point. <laughs> no, they just do that uh, sneakily instead of doing yeah. it out front. I think that, yeah. <laughs> I think this is actually uh, developed by Marvel, which is why. Okay. But yeah, it's definitely a fun game. Uh, definitely uh, check it out. It's uh, it's on the front page for it. Uh, it's developed by uh, Fox Next. Fox Next Games. Okay. Two X's. Alright, so check that out if you need a phone game and you but, like those Marvel characters. Yeah, it's a... Uh, well, it's free. Yeah. So that's also good. It's a free role-playing okay. game. Yeah, free role game, role-playing game for uh, Android and iOS. Cool. So check it out. All right, well, that wraps it up then for video games. I mean, we've also been playing more baseball, but we kind of already talked about that. Yeah, we briefly talked about that. Uh, We are streaming uh, MLB 
Uh, MLB. Just yeah. it's still it's just the show. MLB the show eighteen. Yes. Uh, so we're, 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 uh, currently, I'm currently playing through the Angels season on that. Yep. Uh, we're going to probably skim through a bunch of it. Probably next year we're going to cut to the All Star break, yeah. and then one after that we're going to cut to the end of the season, try and win into the playoffs, and then if we do get there into the playoffs, then we'll play that. Otherwise, that'll probably be the end of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's so far, it's a definitely a fun game. It's, uh, they made some interesting changes. Uh, it's, uh, like I mentioned last week, it looks a little crisper. Uh, the presentation I like a lot better, like the UI and the menus is vastly uh, improved. Yeah. Um, it looks cool. It looks great. Yeah, the one thing is that it's not as easy to hit home runs as the yeah, previous one was. Yeah, up to the difficulty on hitting, they made it a little bit more realistic. You have to take some balls. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it, it's good. I mean... It's more challenging, but yeah. that at least makes it more, more, like more fair, more like baseball. It's more like real baseball. You're not going to bat yeah. 600 as easy as we did. <laughs> hitting, it's going to be closer to hit, three. Hitting 70 home runs yeah, like, no. like we did. <laughs> it's, it's, it brings more of an excitement when you do get a home run because it's less less often now. It's like, yeah. oh, shoot, I actually did. Kind of yeah. Thing. Just like it real feels life. good. Yeah, it's definitely more of a rewarding experience. So yeah, we'll be going live with on twitch.tv slash mediavote. Well, all hey, time. why don't you just plug us while you're going through that? Why don't I? So you can find out when we go live on our social media channels, including Twitter. If you go on to Twitter, we are mediaboatcast, at mediaboatcast, I should say. On Facebook, we're on Facebook on as our mediaboatpodcast page. You can find that out by searching the mediaboat podcast on there. You can find us on uh, twitch.tv at slash mediaboat for playing video games. You can go to our website, mediaboatpodcast.com, where we post all our thoughts about new releases, as well as our uh, uh, features that go up almost daily, such as box office numbers and new releases every Friday, and as well as the occasional news story, uh, whatever it's fit to print. Uh, Next up is our Patreon. If you want to help us out uh, with money and make this content even better than it already is, or if you want exclusive content that's just for you, you can donate via Patreon. Patreon.com slash MediaBoat. Go there and donate as little as a dollar a month and become a member of our exclusive club. You can also find us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time, right here like we are right now with our live podcast every week. You can also find our archive of those shows on YouTube. Just look at our channel. You can click on the little bell, too, and get notified when we go live. Lastly, you can find the audio version of our podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as other RSS feed-driven podcast machines. So check that out as well and give us a review. That will do it. That will wrap us up for the Media Bow Podcast. Tune in next week on YouTube to see us live on next Wednesday or catch us on on your podcast feed. Either way, we'll be back next week with a new episode. So see you guys then. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys next week with a lot more news episodes. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.